Hi, this is Cuba Today. I am Cristina Escobar and you're listening to Radio Havana, Cuba. Privately self-employed people or owners of non-state businesses in Cuba are now faced with a more flexible environment which should boost creativity and growth. If a Cuban was thinking about founding a new business and her or his idea was not legal, now it probably is. The government substituted the narrow list of 127 allowed activities for 124 banned ones, providing room for thousands of new initiatives. How is this working out? I am talking to you from my home in Havana. Today is Thursday, March 11th. We have less than 10 minutes, so please bear with me. Most of the 600,000 self-employed licenses granted by 2020 covered service industry jobs like running a restaurant or driving a taxi. Now, the community of private sector workers could become far more diverse as a national classifier of allowed activities is being expanded. The government is pushing for more people to work, to bring innovation into the economy. The purpose is to tackle the hobbled economy already under tremendous pressure due to the burden of U.S. sanctions reinforced by the Trump administration. COVID hasn't helped either. Global travel restrictions have shut down the island's tourism sector, a major source of hard currency. We need to find new and suitable solutions to sustain a country that has dared to go against Washington's global hegemony. In our last show, we talked to a self-employed or private sector worker, the co-founder of AUGE, a private consultancy firm to help workers to start and to stay in a private business. He has been quite vocal explaining what is needed and is one amongst many who were asking to scrap the list of allowed types of businesses, which is now a reality. His own business is no longer banned due to this update of the legal framework. On Tuesday, O'Neill Diaz-Castellanos explained that the private sector still faces many challenges. Funding, meaning finding money to start a business, is tremendously difficult. And he explained that the tax system should be revised and adjusted as Cuba is under a major monetary restructuring process. O'Neill answered other questions on what the private sector means for this country. Cuba is building a sustainable and prosperous socialism. What is or could be the role of private business in this endeavor? Actually, this is a very good question because in our country for decades, private sector has been understood as uh, the seed of capitalism and also not, not only for for the government in certain moments of our history, but also in our society, uh, private sector is also understood as a defeat. But I think we're living different times. I think we are seeing uh, a change in the mindset of the government and in the mindset of our society. And more and more people are understanding that having a a good private sector, a private sector that provides goods and services is crucial to build the country that we need. So uh, I think that in the next year we'll, we'll be see um, uh, a different scenario where the private sector will be working side by side with the state-owned companies, with the foreign investor, 
for uh, build a new economy, a more prosperous economy. The COVID-19 pandemic has shed light onto how important private initiative is. How have these tragic times helped to boost the private sector? COVID-19 is the biggest challenge that the Cuban entrepreneurs have ever faced. Even since 2010, when the Cuban government decided to put forward the economic reforms, these months have been very hard for private businesses. We have seen people closing their businesses. We have seen people decreasing their staff, sending people home, which, in my opinion, is one of the biggest impact of this situation. And uh, if you look into the numbers that the Cuban government released during the last week, we are talking about around 40% of the entrepreneurs that have at least temporarily stopped their activities. So... Uh, this is a really, really bad time. And also, if you add to this analysis that there was a lot of private business suffering the impacts of the sanctions of the previous uh, United States administration against Cuba, uh, you can conclude that uh, for the private sector, we are suffering a crisis after living another crisis. But on the other hand, we can also find people with a very strong will, people that decide to take an advantage of this situation, to find advantages inside this terrible situation. And they decided to create new businesses, new uh, entre entrepreneurs opportunities, for example, to provide uh, certain food products that you cannot find right now in the retail shops managed by the government. And they, with small resources, working mainly from their homes and taking advantages of their new deliver, delivery business that has uh, flourished in Cuba during the last month. So this is a good example of how Cubans also take into their own hands problems in order to create new solutions and in order to also grow even in this very hard moment. Auge issued an interesting report on how four years of the Trump administration impacted negatively on the private sector. However, the voices that defend a policy of aggression say that they are working for the Cuban people. What's your opinion on this? A policy where punishment and sanctions are central parts cannot be helpful to people and cannot be helpful to private businesses. I think we have plenty of examples on how the Trump administration policy towards Cuba created a lot of problems and obstacles for the private businesses in Cuba. Putting obstacles to the normal travels between our two countries, putting an obstacle to sending remittances from the Cuban livings abroad to their families here, all of those are problems that directly affect the private sector, that directly affect creating new opportunities for the private sector. When in how in Auge we had the opportunity to talk with more one, of 126 Cuban entrepreneurs, we found that they were facing three important impacts because of all these politics and sanctions. Number one, the loss of incomes, because a lot of them were directly related with American travelers to Cuba. Number two, they had to send home a lot of 
workers, a lot of employees, because the market lost a lot of opportunities. And because of that, they had to reduce their activities and they have to become smaller in order to survive. And number three, which is a very important uh, problem, because it, it goes exactly against of the arguments of those that defend the need of creating this kind of sanctions against Cuba, a lot of Cuban entrepreneurs were saying that because of this sanction, they had to stop the development of new investment. They had to put an end to their plans to increase their activities and to grow uh, their, mar their share market because they were seeing how the opportunities were decreasing as a result of this kind of sanctions. So if you can say that the Trump policy towards Cuba had a lot of impacts in Cuba, one of them is directly affecting the private sector. So those that still believe in, in that you can create sanctions that only harm certain parts of the national economy and don't harm people and don't harm private sector, they are completely missing the point. So what we need, what we expect right now, together with the changes that the Cuban government is doing in our country right now, is to finally see, number one, disappearing the sanctions that the Trump administration created against our country, and number two, seeing the American government and also the Congress engaging on a real and deep discussion about the embargo, the blockade against our country, and to finally put in an end to this terrible policy. O'Neill, thank you so much. This is Cuba Today. The purpose here is to put in context what's going on in this country so you can make sense of what the media is talking about regarding this always misunderstood and manipulated Cuban reality. I am Cristina Escobar. I'll be here again on Saturday. Thank you for listening. Thank you.